So let's start by uh, dropping the breathing down more. A couple of deep breaths and just let out any tightness in your chest you might have. on your laps. Let your body get nice and heavy. Hear the hum outside the window. of the energies of the people around you. And as we start, let's make the intention to remember fully who we are. and to release any and all behaviors, thought forms, situations that hold us back from that remembering. Pay attention to the part of you that wants to be here. The part of you that never came. And the party that's already out of here. Gently open your eyes, keeping your awareness in your body. Come into the room. So, the first thing that I want to tell you is this is the scariest thing that we face in our lives. The abject terror that we have around relationship is so profound. And it's really the most direct path to spirituality in my experience of being a clinician for almost a quarter century and in my own path, having examined a lot of different things. So to give you the chai latte, Starbucks, New Yorker thing, in case you gotta run out of here, is you're absolutely terrified, I'm absolutely terrified, regardless of what the words are, None of us want to be in a relationship. So the first thing that I can tell you, being in thousands of people's heads in 23 years, no one wants to be in a relationship. 
So we're going to break it down into people who can't find relationship, people who keep going to different relationships, people who are in long-term relationships. Get straight. Just realize that we are totally terrified. We're going to talk about the conscious and the unconscious today. Whenever I talk about conscious and unconscious, everybody nods their head. The person nodding the head, that's 10%. The unconscious is really the 90% back here. So even though we go like this, that's the part that gets us in trouble. So terror, we're all very afraid. So any part of you that today you can tap into of that terror, regardless of what the flowery words are, I love to be in relationships. I was really born to be a monk. I'm here to be alone. I can't find the right person. We'll go through all the excuses. Realize you're scared and realize that the unconscious part of you is the part that repeats these patterns over and over. Okay? Now, am I closing that window, please, behind you? Thank you. As we were talking a second ago, we're all being forced to change our social contracts. So, we'll wait for that. Yoga and action, teamwork. What do I mean by that? Regardless of your friends, your job, if you're presently in a relationship, all of us are being forced to change our social contracts underneath. That's why it's so difficult right now. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, even if you got into a relationship a year ago with someone, on an unconscious level, we're all being forced to be more honest because we're master manipulators. So this is a very uncomfortable thing to talk about. The fact that we're terrified, because everyone wants to think of themselves as a brave warrior, and the fact that we're master manipulators, meaning we're all just basically liars because we're never really taught as an early age how to, in an honest way, get our needs met. So depending on what our gifts are, we manipulate them, we hoard them as a way of getting what we want. Sounds very simple, very difficult to put into life in a way that's honest. So that's the one thing I want to say to you. Now, before we get into it, I want to read a letter from someone. This is, to me, the most honest place you can be. The reason we're all getting our asses kicked right now is actually whatever word you want to use, your higher self, your inner knowing, basically being fed up. Lifetime after lifetime of playing these games. So we're at a place on this planet right now, running out of resources. We can't drink the water. We can't eat the food. Violence, overpopulation, because it's wake-up time. Consciousness is knocking on a door. But like I always say, like a SWAT team now, it's not that nice, kindly, motherly, honey, are you awake yet? It's like, boom, <laughs> wake up. And it's amazing how we still manage to fall asleep. The earplugs go in couple of ambience, sleeping pills, anything to keep us asleep. So the basic premise here is that we're all buying into this bullshit that everything is duality. So all these teachers have been telling us for years, it's all one. Reading all these religions, it's all one. Meanwhile, we're all killing each other over these things. When you're in duality, you can't trust things. So the basic thing in relationship is a party is going, I really want to be in relationship. The unconscious going, don't you get close to me. This is the battle. People see this, right? So I sit in a room all day, listen to people like, I just so crave relationship. They never see this. The hand that says, don't get close to me. 
So this duality, if there's two of us, I'm going to be scared of this guy because I don't know where he's going to come from. That's the bad news of this whole thing. The good news is that we're all biologically hardwired from when we're little to be in relationship. That's the good news, right? So you come in, you're dependent on this mother to feed you, to protect you. So regardless of how insane that original woman was in your life, that initial bit, you're actually hardwired. But there's lots of bad news that will come to of why that gets difficult. But I want to read this letter to you first. This is from someone that I've known for a while that we've been working together, and I would say definitely an honest seeker, right? Someone who's really trying to do the work and has tried different things, but has never hit bottom. The problem with the spiritual world, those of you who are in this room, obviously, on some level you're being called to do the work, is that spirituality is one of the final places we can hide, but also it's one of the safest places to hide, because you're spiritual people, right? When I was a junkie, People would look at me and be like, wow, man, this guy's messed up. I knew I was messed up. But if I'm going to Zen retreats and I'm sitting there 10 hours a day, well, I'm a spiritual aspirant. That's different. I'm not hiding. I'm actually sitting here. In my experience, spirituality is one of the last places that we hide. So the beautiful thing is you've walked quite a ways, but actually it's a very potent place to hide because your unconscious then is really safe. So we're all being forced right now to kind of shake up from that. And... It's a very uncomfortable thing to talk about, right? So in the spiritual world, all the stuff that comes up and nobody talks about, all the PMS stuff, power, money, sex, right? All these teachers touching the students in the wrong way. Well, no, the master's enlightened, it's okay. Bullshit. All the ways that the money thing that happens that's so not dealt with in the spiritual world, right? Oh, it's okay, but this woman is enlightened. Bullshit. And all the power stuff, the power trips. Right? Like, the teacher's higher than you, which is ridiculous, right? If it's all one, it can't be like that. So that's all part of stuff that we have to push through when we work on a spiritual realm in, in relationship. Now, read this. I was chanting today and has stirred up some interesting emotions that it always does. Chanting has a very clear way of cutting through to the heart. I guess that's why I love it so much. Anyhow, I've hit a very important wall. A wall that for so long I thought I could work away, or fix away, or diet away, or fast away, or forum away, or travel away from. But I know that trying to fix something on the outside, hoping for a lasting shift on the inside, doesn't work. It doesn't work because I've tried it. I've pretty much tried every external way I know how to fix these feelings, to fix myself except becoming a raging alcoholic or drug addict, which really isn't any different from starving yourself, except for the fact that starving yourself seems to be in these days. <laughs> right? I mean, that's an amazing thing. So back in the day when I started practicing, it was macrobiotics. I'm not putting down these things. These things can be useful. It's the intention, not the action. But when I started practicing 20-whatever years ago, a lot of people with eating disorders were doing a macrobiotic thing. Now... I've seen people actually heal themselves from cancer with macrobiotic. It's not that it's like, it's a powerful tool. But I've also seen people with raging eating disorders hide underneath it. So now it's the whole vegan thing or just the juicing thing or the fasting thing. Does it make sense in a planet that's dying to be a vegetarian or go towards that? Obviously. 
Does it make sense for the fact that our bloods are acidic and we get sick because of acidity? And if you, Obviously. But people hide underneath it. So this woman is calling herself out on that fact. I'm over trying to get away from these feelings of inadequacy, fear and judgment, the ones that drive me to overcompensate and fill my plate and overwhelm myself with tasks in order to avoid going to the depths of these emotions. I want to look at them head on, no crutches. To tell you the truth, I'm just so tired of trying to change my external reality, hoping that it will shift the inner. And I know that the next thing is not going to be the thing to make that shift. I see that the shift I'm looking for will come from the inside. If it is to have a lasting impact, it has to. And that is scary because I have to let go of my crutches. And I have to finally go to the place I sometimes write about, but avoid going all the way. Feel that. Just feel in your own life, all of our lives, where we're so off. Between this word that comes out of the mouth, the action back here, and the anxiety that comes up. Really feel it. I'm ready to know my shadow. I'm ready to make friends with it and try and understand that why I have been trying to get rid of it for so long. It is hard for me to reach out for help because I'm geared to do things alone. But I'm ready and I will do whatever it takes because that's what I'm here to do, to heal this shit. I want to go all the way into the wounds. I want to stop bandaging them. So the bandaging part is what all of us do on a daily level. So as we start getting into this couple of hours that we have together, I really want you to get in touch with this terror. We do everything not to feel the terror. Even the anxiety that most of us feel, which we all feel, is actually one step above the terror. It's what pushes the terror away. So we're going to go into that short meditation right now. As we go into it, I don't want you to go out. I want you to go in. And I want you to really try to feel the emotions that you usually shove away. Everyone down with that? Okay. Close your eyes. Keep your chin a little bit tucked in. That'll help you get out of your head a little bit more. So first of all, pay attention to how most of us are Breathing shallow. No need to force the breath. Just let the belly be soft. Just gently scan your body. Let your jaw be relaxed. Your neck and shoulders.
arms, your hands. your upper back, middle back and lower back, and feel that middle lower back. For most of us New Yorkers, it's so overworked, the adrenals are so exhausted from never stopping. a little TLC, just breathe into the middle and lower back. Feel your butt and your hips. thighs, your knees, your calves, your shin bones, down to your feet. base of your spine. Just let the energy flow towards the ground. Through the floor below. floor below that. So we're on the fourth floor now, just gently and lovingly let that energy just root down all the way to the ground floor while keeping the awareness in the room, in your body. Go a little bit deeper through the basement. Through the earth. And as best as you can, feel yourself grounded. 
keep the groundedness. A couple of deep breaths, just let your energy field open up. up to your heart center, let that loosen up front and back, breathe into that a couple of times, let your throat open up. third eye, and your crown on top, just let it open up, Now, without your willpower, just let everything open or close as comfortable as it is for you in this moment. All these different energy centers, your root. And we hold the intention for truth. And gently open your eyes keeping the awareness in the body. How's everybody doing? So I really welcome you to ask questions as we do this, so it's not a rote thing. It doesn't matter what you hear. It's really about a personal experience. So put yourself out there if you're interested. But I do ask you to push yourself a little bit, because as much as you hide, is this is what we do in life. So there's nothing about perfection here. Remember what I said, this is the most direct path spiritually that I've found in anything, if done consciously. Okay, so any questions off the bat? So I told you the good news, right? Biologically, we're connected. Not that this is the bad news, but this is what you're up against. So there are no easy fixes, right? So no matter what workshop you go to, what book you read, that's usually up here, stops at the head. It can be definitely helpful, but all events in one's life that are of importance are definitely processes and they're not quick events. But this part, the relationship part, is the longest thing that I've found. For me, I started consciously working on this stuff because of my background and my childhood, which I'll get into, probably 14, 15, becoming aware of it. It wasn't really till I was 40 years old that I actually managed just to get into a relationship that wasn't that insane that I could actually start working. 
forget about like going to the next level. And we'll get into why that is. Because we keep, this is the part about the conscious unconscious I was telling you. 90% back here, 10% here. I want love, I want the perfect thing. The 90% is going, you're crazy, we're not even going to open that door. These two have to become a little bit more cooperative with each other. The unconscious mind and the conscious mind. The gift of this time, the fact that we're all getting our asses kicked and handed to us on all levels, from our work to our friendships to our family, is to force us to break down to have that conversation. You guys all are experiencing that, right? It's not just me. You guys are getting pushed around a little bit, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you guys are looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> okay. So, we got the terror part, right? So we're very terrified. Can everybody kind of um, tap into that? Does that make sense, the terrified part? This is like amazing how people like, when I'm doing work as a therapist, people go, I don't know what you're talking about, man. There's no terror there. I, this is really what I crave in my life. The way you see what you're terrified of is you look at the results in your life, not the, what the words are. You know what I mean? We all want money, but all of us have some issues around money, including people that I treat who are worth millions of dollars that have issues around money <coughs> because the terror is still around it. Right? So the question is, where is your comfort level? So you have to take an honest inventory there. And it's not that we're dishonest. It's just that the story that we tell compared to what the reality is it's about from here to California. The distance you can drive a freaking nine trucks through. It's just incredible how the unconscious works. You with me on that one? You can feel that in your lives? Okay. Um, we talked about the master manipulator thing. So from very early on, because our childhoods were not exactly perfect, even if you have sort of a clear childhood, which I've never met anyone to have that, um, you can never get all your needs met as a child. The way the child, which is this little narcissistic thing, so there's always going to be some kind of wounding. So one of the biggest things is to start actually being honest in one's life, which again, I don't really meet people being. So we manipulate people. So that's sort of our default setting. So instead of just saying to my friend here, I have this need, well, I'll try to have him love me. Then if he loves me, maybe then he'll give me what I want. Instead of saying, hey, I love a glass of water. Or I'll try and make him be my enemy, so he gets agitated, so I can control him and have him give me a glass of water. It sounds like a such a simple thing. The manipulation is so profound in all of our lives. Very rarely do we have honest connections, even with our close friends. Forget about the relationship thing, which for most people is a power struggle. You with me on that? Yes? No? Yeah. We, can, we can get into more clarity, because we can break this stuff down. We can be here all day, so... Okay. Um, we're control freaks because we have this idea of duality, right? So all the words are, I love it, like um, spiritual people. My favorite people are spiritual people because I really don't meet people more full of shit than spiritual people, <laughs> myself included, because we hide underneath that, right? So it's this thing of like, it's all one, man. And so we're all together. It's all love. Then when it comes to the smallest thing, it's a power struggle, <laughs> right? Why? Because we feel out of control. We hate being in a, out of control. So the, the, the rap is, the word is, I want to surrender. I surrender. So we go to the curtains and we surrender. Then we walk outside and the second we go into an energy, control. So the out of control thing is really frightening. One of the biggest reasons we can't get into relationships or when we're in relationships is the control thing. Now the control thing isn't just being on top of someone. You can be in control by being submissive or you can be in control by being dominant. Right? It's trying to get your needs met by 
being the victim or getting your needs met by, I'll take care of everything. Both of those things are sort of this thing again. One hand's pushing it away, one hand's pulling it in. Make sense? Um, we're totally blind to our patterns. This is a really profound thing in terms of, I have this all the time where people come in and they start bitching about their partner. You cannot believe this guy, man. This guy is such an asshole. He just is such a... Where is your 50%? One of the biggest things that I learned, we'll talk about the Pathwork. Pathwork is this series of lectures that was channeled by this um, psychic, you can call a channel, uh, named Eva Paracas. The worst poorly written material you'll ever read. Like you read a paragraph 10 times, you're like, wow, man, who the hell wrote this stuff? But really, it's some of the most profound truths. So if you're interested in this stuff, to go deeper, you can go online and punch in a Pathwork lectures, and it really will break it down for you. This 50-50 thing was a real big piece for me in terms of understanding things. So I'd be in these relationships, but I'd be like, I can't believe my wife. She's always doing this. She's always doing that. You're 50% responsible in the relationship. So it's easy to say that, like, if you guys are angry, it's a power struggle. But I'm talking all the way. Your lover cheats on you, you're 50% responsible. Your lover is lying to you, you're 50% responsible. Because your 50% is totally conscious of what's going on. So we don't want to take responsibility. Just uh, a month ago, I had this person that I'd only treated a couple of times. He had happened to be dating this woman that I knew had treated in the past. And in a social setting, came up and said, hey man, I can't believe you didn't tell me about this woman. She's crazy, she's such a control freak, she's so wounded. And I just turned that around, I was like, um, everything you said, just put your name in front of that and take that in. Haven't spoken to the guy since. <laughs> Right? Because it's not, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. I was married before. I'm married now. But when I was married before, I went through a very painful breakup. My wife left. It was very unclean. There was a lot of lies. I had a nervous breakdown. It was so brutal. So brutal. Best thing that happened to me, first of all. But it took me about a year to take accountability for myself. Because when she got the message that this relationship is not working and split, even though I was oblivious to it, that was my voice, the part of me that needed that to happen. So it's very easy to say these words. They're very brutal when they happen, but take responsibility for that in your relationship. Even if you're not in a romantic relationship right now, this change of agreements that's happening on an unconscious level, a lot of that's coming up for us. So you've got to own your part. can't believe that guy, man. What a jerk. I can't believe he went and said this to this guy. Because you trusted someone that's not trustworthy so you could re-examine your early childhood wounds. So, here's the big sort of piece of the puzzle. We keep repeating these patterns because the unconscious and the conscious aren't privy to the same information. The unconscious keeps repeating these patterns from your childhood, trying to get your dumbass to heal itself. Your dumbass has no idea and is like, wow, this is so cool. This guy is so awesome. This guy is so great. This woman is so hot. This woman is so great. Three years into it, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's the same damn pattern. So you do the same thing again. Why? This is another great thing that I learned from the path work. Negative pleasure. Negative pleasure is a really profound concept. When you're very little, you're helpless, right? So the little baby is very helpless, dependent on mom. 
There can be real aggression towards you, in some cases for some of us, or perceived aggression. Remember the kid, you can never, you can't be the perfect parent. I mean, I have so much compassion on my friends who have kids, who really try their best. There's no way the child wants everything, so it has to learn limitation. It's almost easier when you have brutality towards you in a real sense because you go, my parents are crazy. When you're not getting your needs met, it's a little bit more difficult. Well, it's, you know, parents were decent, they kind of put food on the table, they did their best, blah, blah, blah. When that perceived insult happens, as a child, forget about these mature men and women sitting here, as a child, you're helpless, so you have to attach some pleasure to that because it's too painful. So if my mother can't love me the way I think I need to be loved, I have to attach some pleasure to that painful event. You with me on that? That pleasure is your erotic principle as a sexual charge, which is why we pick people, we madly get attracted to people that seemingly are wrong for us because we're the, the unconscious part, not we, the unconscious part pulls that in so you can heal it. The conscious part has no idea that's happening. So changing partners really doesn't change things. So when I look at my pattern, my little tap dance was, I had to take care of my mother at a very young age because she was ill as a way of getting love met. So my perceived thing was I was a little soldier. So at five years old, I'd sit there and listen and do therapy and do this and do that. Became a wonderful tool as a healer. Kind of sucked for relationships. So when I look at the relationships, and I'm sort of being a serial monogamous except for a handful of really juicy <laughs> nights here and there. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> It's been this same woman, right? And it's really wild. So they're totally different women. So one's like half Japanese, half Dutch, right? Girl from the Midwest, Swedish woman. They were the same woman, except for what I healed in the last one. These women couldn't be more different externally. And I remember one day looking back and being like, wow, every one of these women was an artist. My mother was an artist that was actually, because she was raised in the Islamic world, and because of the moronic ideals of that culture, she was crushed at a very young age. You can't be an artist, because whores are artists. So here I am, unconsciously, not even realizing, trying to still heal that wound for my mother. So I'm going with one artist. My wife right now is an artist, too. <laughs> the other part was the helplessness part. So these women would come in, they're these really spunky women, so during my punk rock days was this cool punk rock artist, just a tough, cool chick, and then they would start losing their power, and I didn't really understand. But because I'm a good soldier, I'd go right into it. What do you need? So I helped put my first girlfriend through college, cleaning chimneys. I wasn't a rich guy, but it was like sort of my duty, and I felt really good. But I was getting really angry. It was really weird. Like my temper tantrums, like not towards them initially, but towards them later, but I was turning into a bit of a psychopath. Like, I had this, like, crazy rage, not really connecting it. And they would start kind of getting smaller and smaller. So when that relationship ended, the next one, because I hadn't healed, it got even more serious. So when I got with this woman, she actually got physically sick. It was for about a year. I tried to do my best, you know, hospitals, this and that, crazy stuff, like doing IVs at home, giving her vitamin mixes. I mean, full-on, like, you know, surgical unit stuff. I was like, I can't do this anymore. A moment of surrender, that's a good thing. We broke up. Three months later, she's healthy, she's doing good. Being a dumbass, I don't get it. This is wonderful, man, I love you, let's get back together. 
This time it was even faster. So she actually got sick really quickly. He went down and I was like, whoa, whoa, this is not really right. Now, we're in therapy at this point, right? This, is, this, this stuff is so deep. It's so intertwined with our psyche. So we break up for good this time. What, what do you think happened to her? Got better. She was an artist that wasn't doing well. Ended up getting on some housing grant and bought a house upstate New York, which I still, in my whatever, late 20s, wasn't able to do. She just thrived. Now, here's something that happens when you do the caretaking, caregiving thing. It brings up a lot of rage for both parties. So everybody loses, because the caregiver obviously gets pissed, because it's not an honest relationship. If I'm doing it as a healer with someone in the room, that's an honest relationship, because I'm not dependent. Well, most therapists are sick, but hopefully you've done enough work on yourself. So in that room, I'm not trying to get my needs met. I get my needs met outside. It's a clean relationship. I give energy. The money thing makes it more clear. It's a very clean energy. You try to do that in your relationship, which most of us do on some level, it's not pretty. The flip side of it is nothing is worth giving your power over for. So when you give your power over to someone, you're going to hate that person. So externally, it can look so nice. Oh, Abdi, what a nice guy. He's taking care of this sick woman. Internally, it's very sick because both parties are trying to kill each other. Because I'm acting like God. I have the power, right? Because I'm, I'm your provider. I, I'm, I'm the big power here. You're a victim. A lot of rage. Most of us have some aspect of this in our relationships. There's some piece where we kind of get into this power struggle. So for me, it was an extreme version, but I really see that every day. So this goes on to the next relationship where I can heal a little bit more. Till I went to India. I go to India. I go to Ramana Maharshi's ashram, which is sort of a person that woke me up, and being a jackass that I am, burn away whatever doesn't serve me. Help me remember who I am. I'm in this marriage. I love this woman. It's, I come back three months later. This is my wife's like, yeah, thanks, buddy. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm like, but I thought we made this commitment. Like, we're married. We're going to be together forever. She's like, yeah, no, I'm not really into this thing. And um, not only this, I'm moving out of the country or moving out of the state. I'm moving out west. It crushed me. So, for those of you who are getting your asses kicked right now, this is why spiritual masters always tell us, be grateful for when you get crushed. Because the ego is so profound, it will never do the work till it hits bottom. That letter that I read you, that's hitting bottom. Pretty much everything else, it's pseudo hitting bottom. It's really acting like you're hitting bottom. Most of us do the pseudo acting, hitting bottom. So, Pray for that in your lives. Set intense in your lives. If you are in a place in your life where you're hurting, really ask for clarity in it. Ask for it to come faster so you don't drag it out because there's that negative pleasure thing. And ask to remember who you are. From picking up those ashes, I finally managed to be in a relationship that was healthy. Start to, keyword. Now, check this out. Remember that earlier thing I told you about sexual wounds? We sexualize people energetically that are not healthy because that's the unconscious mind trying to heal itself. If I brought two twins, you're gay or straight, you will totally be attracted to the one that's wounded and not to the one that's healthy. Identical twins. You won't even probably see the healthy one while the other one's in the room because the unconscious goes there. 
So one of the things we're going to talk about as we go, get into this thing is when you're about to start a new relationship, if you're not in a relationship, if it feels the same, run the other way. Because that's the part that's trying to repeat the same pattern. So for me, when I met my present relationship, I didn't even, I wasn't really interested. It took me about a year. Because why? I was shooting smack. And someone's going to have a cup of tea. Here's a cup of chamomile tea for you. Heroin, which one do you think is stronger? Right? It's a chamomile. You're like, give me 10 back. Ugh. Because that's the high. So that's something very common that I see in relationships. We'll get into that. I'm jumping a little bit ahead. A tricky thing for those of you who are in relationship is that even if that person isn't acting like that initially, we force them to act like that. If I am this control freak and I need my partners to be helpless, I will make them helpless unless they're very, very strong. And usually we're so wounded that we actually manage to make them helpless. Here's some money. I don't want it. No, no, come on. Here's some money. Get yourself something nice. Just take it. Can I do something for you? No, no, I'm fine. I'm actually, I don't need anything. <laughs> Everything is cool. So we do this thing, but we just, remember that hand? One hand is like, says no. One hand says yes. So as you leave here today, as you're sitting here today, just take a second, go inside and see what hand says no. I know the words are, I love relationship. I want relationship. If you're saying I want to strangle my partner, great. At least we're in a little bit of an honest place. <laughs> but if you're just in this place of like, oh, it's just amazing, it's blissful, it's just not the truth, unless you've done a lot of work on yourself. And it takes a lot of work. This is another thing with relationships, you know. All of you here, I'm sure you have some love or some passion, right? So whatever it is, you stealing cars, photography, your yoga, you put a lot of energy into it. People think you just walk into a relationship and it's just done. And people get into a relationship and go to therapy when things are falling apart. So the car crashes happen, you've already gone through the windshield, you're going, yeah, I should really work on these brakes now. <laughs> so you got the cracked skull, you're kind of holding it and you're just trying to bleed your brakes. Pull back a little bit like a year, and just clean out those brake systems. So for those of you in a relationship right now, really pay attention. These are very intense times. There's nowhere we can hide. That's the gift of consciousness knocking on your door. The best thing to do when things are going well is to actually work on yourself, which no one does. This is like a joke. Like all my friends who are like couple therapists, they're like, just once let somebody come in when they just got into a relationship and things are just, just let me work on something. So as a mechanic, I can tell you, it's so much more fun working on cars that just are sort of new, like 10 years old, as opposed to something that's 30 years old, when you got to put like three gallons of uh, WD-40 to just to unseize something, just to see what's going on underneath. That's most of us, right? Questions so far? Love it. Come. I can't even figure out how to get in there. Mm. That's, you know, that's, if there's someone with both hands. So, Honest, I love it. That's it. So what she's saying is, she doesn't even know how to get in there. There's like both hands are saying no, which is most of us, by the way. You're just kind of put, put the words out there. So, first and foremost, sit down and set intentions. This is a very powerful time for setting intentions. The conscious and the unconscious do communicate through setting intention. So for me, the intention that sort of came to me years ago, that blew my life out, but actually got me closer to myself, I always do this every day. Help me remember who I am. Help me burn away what doesn't serve me. 
Remember who I am. Burn away what doesn't serve me. Sit quietly five minutes a day and literally ask, what is a part of me that's putting both hands up? You need a little bit of space, a little bit of quiet space to kind of get those feelings. Now, with your great question, this thing, this noggin up here, 200 years old. This thing, this body underneath, a million and a half. You have receptor sites in your stomach, which was your original brain, before this thing developed. So our emotions are the gateway to the soul. They're the things that guide us to that thing of what's saying no. So tap into your feelings. Somebody comes in your life, the guy, your pest control apartment poisoner, your <laughs> cops that give you the ticket on the zip card that you just borrowed from your uncle. Feel, feel. What is the similarity with the past? What is the familiarity with the past? What are things that are different? Look at your friends. Look at your patterns in your life. What are the things that you over and over repeat? So by looking at those things, and it actually helps to write these things down because we're very blind to it. A nice thing to do, which we'll actually get into a little bit later, one of the things that I did when I initially got into a relationship, I was such a dumbass with this stuff because I'd repeated the pattern over and over. I had a couple of friends, a couple of my mates, come in and meet my partner. They're like, well, I'm blind here. I've been working on this stuff for so many years. I obviously still got my head to where it doesn't shine. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, no, this is pretty cool. This, this, this woman feels different, you know? I was like, wow, that would have been so much cooler to do 30 years ago. That would have been like a lot more intense. So that's something you might want to do. Ask your friends, what does it look like? So they might say, you know, it's really funny. You never really ask for anything or you seem to be very self-sufficient or you never ask for a glass of water. One of the things being, again, the control freak that I'm breaking down, but for me, because it was never safe to have or ask for anything, I started saying yes to things, like little things. So I'd be in a restaurant and someone, you want water? I'd be like, no. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> it sounds simple. It's amazing. For a control freak, it's a big thing to open up to little things. People were like, can I give you a hand with that? No. I'd be like, yes. I'm waiting for someone to say, can I give you a million dollars? But hasn't quite pulled that one in yet. But that thing for all of us is really powerful. Just, just the little ways. The egg cracks, the shell is so thick, the little ways is how we crack them. So pay attention. For most of us, we have that control freak thing. We push away. So you want to see why both hands are up. Remember terror. That's the first thing. Okay, so terror. You don't necessarily want to go face this demon head on because you'll have a heart attack. You start slowly. You start slowly. Where is this demon perking up? What are the patterns in your personal relationship? Are you a caretaker? Are you a victim? Are you someone that keeps people at bay? Are you someone that's a Mother Teresa type that runs around and hides by getting and trying to take care of everyone? See what comes up. There'll, there'll be some little patterns. And therapy can be very helpful. Meditation can be helpful, but it's amazing for me how I see people use meditation as a way of hiding. It's really a wild thing to see how people do that, right? It's like we can use anything to hide. For those of you who've been in spiritual circles, probably a lot of people here, you kind of know the ugliness and the bullshit that goes on underneath. For those of you who are a little bit more new to it, um, you'll get your ass kicked. You'll, you'll get that lesson where the words and the actions are about a million miles apart, right? So I'm a big fan of therapy. 
yes, most therapists are crazy, but there's some crazy therapists that are actually really awesome. Make yourself vulnerable. To me, body-centered therapy is really great. Getting body work, things like core energetics, it's really helpful to get in touch with this stuff. Because you can mentally be very aware of these things, and it can be worthless. Um, so, what about the idea of being too heady? You know, like, you constantly meet someone and you don't even let, allow things to happen because you're already like, mm, I think this is the pattern. I think you're already kind of, you're too much of what you're saying right now. Well, she has a great question. So she's saying, what if you're too heady? So I'm not talking about being heady. I'm, yeah, but I'm talking about being body. I'm, th this is a difference. So this is what I'm saying. I read all the books. That was heady but it didn't serve anything. You have to go with more of a feeling part. So part of it is just to let things happen. Here's a great example. I know people are getting into the wrong relationship when they come to me, they're a friend or something. Hey man, can you give me a psychic hit on this thing? Uh, what is this gonna happen? What is this person like? Is this person really cool? I really wanna know about them, right? Why? Because we can't really trust in the moment to let the thing unfold. So the heady part is the part that doesn't trust Underneath the part that doesn't trust is the part that actually doesn't want it to happen. So we're all anxious because we don't trust. It kicks into that control thing. We can't let things flow properly. Well, so, okay, so then what's the difference of being thinking you're having the same pattern and mm -hmm. then, so you're saying instead of thinking the pattern's happening again, if you start thinking about it or think you're slow seeing it, down. it, then what? Just so slow it, and slow it down. I mean, we're going to get into that, but it's about slowing it down. Slow down the process. Slow down the process. So when you meet someone and you're heady, this is the perfect man. This is the wrong man. This girl is going to save everything. This woman is really... Slow it down. We don't trust. Because we don't trust, we try to make that happen really quickly. We do that with everything, right? Buying a car. I mean, like, we have... All of us have a place where we're impulsive. Impulsive has this tone to it. Ah, that person's impulsive. It's fear. Call it what it is. We're really afraid. What's yours will come to you, depending on where you can hold that. So don't try to, like, declare anything. Beautiful. Be in the unknown. I mean, we're going to get into this thing, but it's cool. It's cool. There's no, you know, we can jump around. But be in the unknown. This is one thing that we just really don't do. We don't do it in our spiritual life. We don't do it in our relationship. We want to declare it because we don't trust it. We don't trust it's going to work out. Again, event process. Right? We're event-oriented. Boom! It's going to be huge. Process is like, whoa, but what if I lose this thing? Now, this ties into why one of the reasons we're not in a relationship. It really makes you vulnerable. It sounds so like, hey, man, it makes you vulnerable. We're doing everything not to be vulnerable. We're trying to be enlightened not to be vulnerable. <laughs> Right? The ego is like, once I'm enlightened, it's like, jackass, you're not going to be there when there's enlightenment. <laughs> right? So all our stuff is this defense mechanism. So I'm putting this armor on and saying, hey, I'm really being naked. I'm working on undressing. You're like, um, that bulletproof vest is kind of heavy, man. I don't know if you can swim across that river. No, no, no. This is, this is I'm, I'm working on being vulnerable. Did I answer your question? We'll get, we're going to get into that a little bit more. I mean, if you have a partner mm -hmm. that, I mean, I'm in an 18-year marriage with mm -hmm. three kids. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into And that. I'm committed yes. to work on myself in the marriage because yes. I'm in the belief that both, all of it's there. It's just, and changing habits 
you know, it's a big part just even just changing your instinct when you're in a marriage that long and you have, even you get competitive, you have kids, it's like, it's huge. how many diapers have you changed? I mean, in the marriage, the relationship changes a lot when there are kids. Sure. In good ways, too. Sure. Um, but also, I mean, an interesting thing, because you talked about manipulation, but I do, and this sounds manipulative, but I do think sometimes there are places for skillfulness, like not, like when you're in an argument to try to talk about certain things, like there are things that come yes. from, and it comes also from taking responsibility, I think, Yes. Where, for working well, towards Well, something. slow down here, so let's go to your first yeah. question. I mean, yeah. we're, we're gonna get into this, because yeah. I wanna break it down. We're gonna get into it more, but it's, it's great. So the first part, this is what's happening in a lot of people who are in long-term marriages. Mm -hmm. The social contracts are changing, remember what I said. It's not easy. But when one person gets the information, mm -hmm. both people are getting the information. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean both people are working on it. Do you guys are aware of how many of your friends are going through relationship difficulties right now? Are you guys, is this a common experience for a lot of you? Like a lot of people, I've never seen so much. So unless you just met someone a year ago or married recently, lucky bastards, mm -hmm. it's easier because your contracts are a little bit more fresh. For those of us who have been in a longer term relationship, it's really changing. This sounds like a harsh thing to say with three kids and all that. You're here to wake up. So if your partner works with you, it'll work through, it might not work through. Or you can compromise and compartmentalize. There's no judgment here. Depends if that's your spiritual path or not. It's not easy. But that's what I'm saying about the SWAT team kicking your front door down. So skillfulness, we're going to get into all that. So that, that might be a time for therapy. That might be a time. And who you were 18 years ago is not who you are now. Who you were 18 months ago is not who you are now. So this is a very common thing. Look at the number of women in this room compared to the number of men. I mean, men are just resistant to work. It's so beautiful to have guys here. Right? My work as a therapist is gay and straight women, gay men, and maybe like 20 straight guys. <laughs> because they're really threatened. They're really frightened. The ego structure on that level, because men actually are more sensitive than women in my experience. I don't know a guy who could give natural childbirth, seriously. <laughs> right? But the culture builds it up as like, yeah, be this, which is bullshit. So there is this whole thing. So, you know, there is that part for heterosexual men. They're pretty screwed. <laughs> because the culture is saying you got to wake up. They're really trying to hold on to that, which is fake. It's just bravado. And the SWAT team is coming in. But, I have three boys. <laughs> per, well, well but, but in my experience, it's amazing. The boys that are coming in now, they're a different species than us. Right? So I've, I've been involved with like helping people give birth. It's pretty freaky what's going on. Because these kids that are coming in now, they're a different species. Their eye control, their neck movement. I mean, truly. So you wouldn't say spiritually they're evolved or not. That's whatever. Physiologically, they're different than kids that I was seeing coming in 23 years ago. So actually with that, I'm actually, and a mother like you is going to raise those kids very differently than a mother of your own mother, my mother. Because there's, you know, you're working on yourself. So I'm actually on that level very hopeful. 2012 or not. Okay, so... Some of the original woundings with a negative pleasure. So we talked about the anger part. Like you're the angry person, right? Like man or woman, again, doesn't matter. Like anger is a way that you keep your power in that relationship. So you're always angry. So 
common pattern with people, right? With some of your friends, I'm sure you've seen it, although I'm sure none of you get angry because <laughs> um, the caretaker control freak, the helpless falling apart, right? That's like a real common one. It's not genuine helplessness, it's total manipulation. So I'm sure you all have at some point in your life a friend or someone who kind of falls apart, is always sick, and everybody takes care of them. And as soon as they walk into the room, the air gets sucked out of it. You, you familiar with that person? And you want to strangle them, but they're so weak that you really can't strangle them. So that's a real common pattern of getting your needs met. Um, and then the narcissist. Right? And the narcissist is like classic New Yorker. We, we got lots of those around here, right? <laughs> I am the center of the universe. No, no, really, I am the center of the universe. <laughs> right? So that's another way. And you go... With people like that, it's so easy to get triggered because we all actually have a little of that in us. We just hide it really well. But that's tremendous amount of fear and disconnect. I'll tell you a great story about a narcissist later. So, let's go with the first one. You really want to be in a relationship, but you aren't in one. So I know some of you here have that pattern. So what do you think some reasons are? The words are, I really want to be in a relationship, but it's just not happening which is very common for a lot of us. What do you think? Uh, well, I just want to share. I've been meeting many people. They're married or have girlfriends that they live with. Mm -hmm. And that's been going on for three months. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that's even occurring, but it's, it's like a monsoon of it. Well, it's great that you're honest. So since you're sharing, then we're going to talk about that. Is that okay? Yeah. Because... Okay. Whenever that's happening, I love this in New York. People go like, there's no people in New York. I hear that from like how many women? And then I hear this thing from all the men. There's no, like wait a minute. There's 8 million people here. They're not all married. Or, that's actually a very common pattern and that's actually fear. Remember the unconscious, and this is not you, we're all afraid. So this is not pointing the finger at you. But it's a very common pattern. When you're pulling in people that are involved, it's our fear around it. Now let's talk about the people that are coming in who are involved. That splitting is actually their fear of being involved. A very common pattern for men or women, men do it more, but women do it now more too, is that they'll get involved with someone, the sex is really hot in the beginning, then the intimacy kicks in. So it's an interesting thing that happens, right? You ever notice in relationships, initially the sex is really hot, and unless you have a chemical connection, which is usually actually emotional, um, it, the sex starts waning. So then the man or woman goes outside a relationship, finds someone else, the sex is really hot. They let this person go, the same thing happens. So the sex is really hot, starts waning, then they go to the next one, they go to the next one. These are all these mechanisms and fears of being vulnerable. So if that's happening, something happens, remember, look at the patterns, forget about the words. The intent is you want to meet someone. The beautiful thing is you're actually pulling people in. So you actually have by-stepped the first step, which is the fear of actually even pulling people in. Now you've got to work with the next level. If they're married or if they're involved with someone, which obviously, forget about morality. Morality is for morons. Use your inner compass. This is like a key thing here, right? So this morality stuff doesn't work because it's for people who don't have an inner compass. Obviously being involved with someone on that level is not going to be a healthy thing. And more likely than not, you will be taught that lesson by being with someone and that person getting them in. So pay attention to the part of you that actually is still afraid. So you sit down with yourself. You say no to that in your intent. You go, okay, thank you. Thank you for bringing these partners in. Now I need to work on the part of me that's still afraid. So that's why it's happening on that level. Remember, outside patterns speak louder than words. Okay? 
Um, the conscious versus the unconscious. The words are, I want to be in a relationship. The unconscious is going, there's no way in hell I want to be in a relationship. So we clear about that? So it's about the terror. You've got to really examine your terror. And we all have terror. She already asked that she's going to leave. She's got permission. Don't give her dirty looks. Okay, so some common excuses. These are, these are some good ones. These are my top 40. There won't be 40 about why we can't get into a relationship. Um, I'm focused on my career, man. I just, you know, it's really hard in, in the music world right now, and just things are changing, and no one's buying CDs, and everything's on the Internet. I, I just got to work on a career, right? It's a nice bullshit excuse. Um, can't find the right person. You know, I'm just looking for that perfect person with a big heart, strawberry blonde, you know, six foot, <laughs> bank account, house in the Hamptons. I can't find that right person. It's just not happening for me. They're just their hearts in the right place. Um, they're not enough men, women, right? So that's a very common thing. Gay or straight, I hear that all the time from people that they're just not enough people. And it's not a judgment. The conscious mind really believes that and experiences that, right? It's the experience of the conscious mind because it's back here that's making that happen because we're saying no, right? Everybody clear with that, conscious, unconscious? Um, I'm demanding of high standards, which is the same thing with like, you know, this guy really doesn't have the house in the Hamptons. Great guy though, I really love him, but I was really looking for a little bit being taken care of on that level. Um, another one is the person's not spiritual enough. You won't believe this. I see this so often with <laughs> spiritual people. Man, this guy is so awesome, but he smokes. It's like, so fucking what? So he smokes. Yeah, but I can't do that. I cannot be with a smoker. You don't understand. Uh, this guy eats meat. Yeah. I mean, this woman just does this. Yeah. And people really adamantly believe this, which we won't even get into this subject because this will be another nine-hour thing about the judgmentalism of the spiritual world. Like, give me a banker over a yogi sometimes. I mean, it's... At least you know with the banker, you know what's going on. They're out to screw you. It's, it's, it's very clear. Um, no one gets me. This is a good one. Person doesn't get me, man. This is like, we're really great. We talk. We're cool. They're available. But they just don't get me. You know, they don't like to do Tai Chi. You know, they don't like to surf. It's the mind again goes there. We're laughing at it because it's not our thing. But for somebody that has their thing, believe me, it's really powerful how these things keep people away. Um... I like my freedom, right? And then I'm too old or too young. So I see this all the time. People pulling a partner that's actually younger or older than them, which is very common now because it's a soul level thing happening now. We, this is a breakdown of old ways of being. So the man or woman coming to you might be older than you, might be younger than you. A lot of women are kind of breaking through this um, stereotype right now. Heterosexual women are kind of pushing against this stereotype. Uh, the guy is like 10 years younger than me. Well, you know what? Maybe the guy that's 10 years younger than you is a lot more open than the old fogey that's my age has got like 10 tons of baggage. He's only got like one truckload of baggage. So maybe that's a good thing. This, again, is a way of hiding, but it's also a way of us using social judgment of keeping things at bay. We're all cowards. I mean, can we cop to that? We, we still care about what people care about us. It's a very interesting thing in my experience. People who live genuinely from their truth, not very common. If you are sort of an ass kisser, you're doing what your parents designed you to do, that's kind of easy to see. You kind of see it outside. People give up a certain part of their character. You kind of feel that with them. The rebel is a harder thing to see. 
I'm a rebel, man. My dad was a banker, but I'm like totally an artist. It's like, no, dude, actually your energy is totally still acting to that original wound. You're just as much of a slave as the person who asks us. Very few people have really figured out who they are. Right? So you're an oak tree, and your dad really wanted a rose bush. So you're really trying to do this like rose bush thing, but it kind of gets harder as you get older, but you're really trying to do this rose bush thing. doesn't work. Very common. So you got to figure out, who are you? Are you an oak tree? Then be an oak tree. But maybe people don't like oak trees because people always gave you kudos. Man, you really smell good. Oak trees don't smell, but you kind of bought it and you're like, yeah, man, I'm really smelling good. So pay attention to that in your search in terms of relationship. If you're not authentic, how do you expect to find someone authentic? Now, when you're with someone, together you can teach each other how to be authentic. That's a beautiful part about it.